0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Ross. And uh, so good to be here once again. And uh, it's been a while since I've been here, a few years. And uh, But Pastor Ross has told me that Uh, He's going to keep inviting me back uh, until I get it right. Uh, And so, uh, so looking forward to that, praise God. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, What an attractive young man he is. Uh, And so, you know, I met Matthew years ago when he was a teenager. Uh, and He still is, yes, that'd be a bit strange. But anyway, uh, and so I've met him, oh, he's gone, oh yeah, and uh, years ago, and you know, he's changed life, married, children, uh, mature, you know, wise and that sort of thing and also the big change actually is his physique, you know, I was talking about physique, look at these these arms, look at the arms, like unbelievable mate, like you know, did you want to give off a flex or something, no, okay, it's just incredible, like you know, like it's so big and you know, actually he was telling me that uh, he was going to the doctor, wasn't feeling well and uh, the doctor said to him, better take your blood pressure. So he puts his arm up like this. And the doctor said, oh, I'm sorry, Matt, I can't help you. I said, you need a vet. And, uh, and Matt said, why is that? And the doctor said, because those puppies are fully sick. <laughs> uh, so anyway, praise God. Uh, that may or may not have happened. Anyway, uh, come back, Holy Spirit. This is my last time here. It's wonderful and uh, so good. One should never lie in the pulpit, amen. Uh, But uh, it's so good to be here and I'm so looking forward to sharing with you and thank you for coming out tonight. And I know that when you make a little bit more room for God, God does awesome things. And so uh, I want to read a passage of scripture to you today. I'm sure you've pretty well heard it. Uh, For some people, it may even be your favorite verse in the Bible. And it's Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28. It says this, and we know. That all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'll read that again. And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Title, my message tonight is called, It's All Good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask and pray that tonight you fill people with confidence. You fill people with hope, Lord God. You fill them with your peace. I thank you and praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That was written by the Apostle Paul and he's writing to the Roman church. At the time, the Roman church was existing during the time of Nero. And Nero was known as a king who would actually, as an emperor, sorry, who was actually very, very bad to Christians. Uh, It wasn't easy being a Christian uh, under the reign of Nero. Have you ever heard of the Christians being fed to the lions? Uh, That was Rome. Uh, And the Apostle Paul writes to Roman Christians, Hey church, we know... (laughs) don't we? All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I can imagine some of the Romans saying, actually, you know what, Paul? Don't know. (laughs) Not sure. How can you say that? With everything that's going on in the world right now, how could you say that all things work together for good? And not only that, what things? Because surely not everything works together for good. Maybe you're here and you're saying, yeah, surely not everything works together for good in my life. Well, I want to talk to you tonight about four things that work together for your good that you may not even realise. Four things that God can use to work together for your good. Because God wants us to be people in spite of what's happening in the world, in spite of what's going on around us. If the Romans can live with that hope and confidence, knowing that God can work things, all things together for good, how much more can we? And so we need to be those kinds of people. And I want to talk to you tonight about four things that work together for your good that you may not even realise. The first thing that works together for your good is dumb things. Dumb things. He says all things work together for good. Even some of the dumb mistakes we make, God can work together for good. It doesn't say, hey, if you make no bad mistakes... If you're perfect in every way, then it's going to work together for good. No, no. God knows we're not perfect. Even some of the dumb mistakes that we make, God is gracious and he can still work those things together for good. I love the story about the prophet Elisha. Elisha was with some men and they were chopping down trees. And one of the men was chopping down a tree. And as he was chopping down a tree, the axe head flew off and landed in the middle of the river Jordan. He comes to Elisha and he says, Elisha. My Lord, the axe, alas, it was borrowed. Elisha doesn't say to him, well, that's your fault, mate. Where were you during the safety induction? We told you how to tie it on. It's your problem. You've got to go and fix it. No, he doesn't do that. What does he do? He says, show me where it is. Showed him where it landed. He chopped off a branch and threw it in the middle. The branch represents the cross of Christ, throws it in the middle of our mess, throws us in the middle of our sunken life, and that axe head rugs, um, floats to the top, and he continues on his merry way. Even if some of the mistakes that we make are not necessarily fatal, God can work those things together for good. Some people are living under internal condemnation because you've made a mistake. Hey, who hasn't? We've all made mistakes. But I thank God that we serve a God that even when we take a wrong turn, he can reroute our destiny. number of years ago, I um, lost my licence. And I'd love to say the reason was because I'm a petrol petrolhead. Uh, but it's not. Uh, it's because I'm absent-minded. Uh, and so I wouldn't know when the speed would change. In fact, I drive so slowly normally that my wife calls me driving Miss Daisy. Uh, and, so, and the other thing was this. I would not pick where the cameras are. Now, my wife drives a lot faster than me but she would never get points because she'd see where all the cameras were because she grew up in a family that was always looking out for the police. So she always knew where the cameras were. I grew up in a law-abiding family. I did not live with that level of fear. And so, however, I was not attuned to where the police are. So eventually... I actually lost my licence and it was mainly because of absent-mindedness because I was unable uh, because I would always miss it when it would drop in speed or something like that. So what I did was I got a sat-nav uh, and, you know, this was back in the days before Apple CarPlay and got a sat-nav, you know, you stick it to your windscreen and, and it would tell you where to go and it would tell you when the, when the um, speed would change. And so you know what it's like. We all use a sat-nav, uh, you know, you're in where you're going to go and then it says, you know... 500 metres, turn left. 300 metres, turn left. Turn left. But if you don't turn left and keep on going, it doesn't say, oh, well, you wouldn't listen to me on your own. (laughs) What does it do? Reroutes, recalculates. Turn left and 300. 100. Miss that. It recalculates and reroutes just because you take a wrong turn doesn't mean it won't get you back on track. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but for some of you you made a couple of mistakes. God is rerouting your destiny. You're just on a detour. It's not on a dead end. Even some of the dumb mistakes that you make, dust yourself off, move on, keep obeying him, and he can reroute your destiny into a greater way. Even some of the dumb mistakes. He knows you're not perfect. He doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he just expects us to be humble and to move on and he can reroute your destiny, amen? And I'm talking to someone here today because you're messed up and you think it's over, you think it's finished, you made one bad mistake and you suffered for a while. I'm here to let you know that if you're still here, God still has a plan for your life. The Bible says it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. You might feel like a dog, but I'm here to let you know God still has a plan for your life. Amen. I know I'm yelling. But it feels good. I might get invited back. The next one is this. Second thing is it works together for your good. It's bad things. Bad things. He says all things work together for good. For those who love God who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say everything you experience is good. It doesn't say that if you're walking in God's will that every experience is pleasant that every experience is good. We know this because we read this morning in Romans chapter 5 that we actually glory through tribulation. So we do go through some tough times. So he is not saying that everything you go through is good. He's saying that God can work it together for good. So by themselves, they might be some unpleasant experiences, but God can work it around and bring something good out of it. Uh, A number of years ago, you know, after a couple of years of marriage, and my wife had our first son, uh, and uh, and and she noticed that I was putting on uh, some weight, and uh, and 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 you know, I think it's important to take responsibility for your own choices. So, I just got to acknowledge today that the reason I did was because it was her fault. So, because uh, basically what had happened was that she had stopped working, and so what she was doing was that she, her favorite thing was baking. So every day she's baking, she's baking brownies cake, cookies that sort of thing and then I would come home and she's made it and so I'd eat some and then after a couple of months she says hey you put on a bit of weight and I said well that's your fault Uh, don't make the cookies Uh, I won't put on the weight then she says something which is the dumbest thing you can say to a Tongan which I am, I'm Tongan she said you don't have to eat it (laughs) don't have to eat it You're making it, I'm going to eat it, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is I can always tell when my wife's getting ready to bake because she starts laying the ingredients out on the counter. The eggs, the milk, the flour, the sugar, the cocoa and she starts laying it out and I can tell she's getting ready to bake. And as much as I love her baking... I always wait till she combines the ingredients before I eat them. I don't say, oh, awesome, you're baking great egg, flour, milk, cocoa. Oh, that was nice, honey. No, no, no. By itself, it's not nice. Work it together and it actually tastes nice. Does that make sense? For some of you, you've been some, through some hard things, some tough things. And you might say, Ben, that's not good. I'm here to let you know God can still work it together for good. God can change it around very quickly. You'll be amazed at how quickly God can change things around. You might feel like you're on a big detour, but God can turn things around quickly. I love this story about a chef, uh, this celebrity chef that whenever he would make something, he'd make it and he'd start eating it. And if it wasn't quite right, he'd get another ingredient and he'd throw it in there and he'd just throw it in and say, bam. And then what he'd do would taste it and say, oh, that's great. He doesn't tip the whole thing out and start again. He just adds another ingredient and it turns it around. And for some of you, you might feel like, you know what? My life doesn't taste quite right. There's something a bit off. You don't have to restart or throw the whole thing out because God's getting ready to go, bam, add a little bit of grace, add a little bit of favor, add an opportunity, add some anointing, and he can work that thing around. Just because you've been through some bad things does not mean you're out of God's will and does not mean God can't turn it around. He can work all things together for good. For those who love God, who are according to his purpose. I love the story of Joseph. Joseph in the Bible. For a number of years, he went through some bad things. His brothers picked on him. He was sold into slavery. Whilst he was sold into slavery, he was unjustly accused of a crime. Then he was sent into prison and he was sent there to rot. And he was faithful, he was still serving the Lord but all his opportunities dried up and he thought his life was over. But one day an opportunity came his way. One day, because he continued to live a life of responsibility, integrity, opportunity came. And in one day, he went from the prison to become the second most powerful man in the world. He handled the budget for the Egyptian people. In the same way, if you continue to be faithful, if you continue to serve the Lord, God could turn things around really, really quickly. You'll be amazed. And you might have been through some bad stuff, but he can work all things together for good. For those who love God who are called according to his purpose. The third thing that works together for your good is meaningless things, meaningless things. So we know that God works all things together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. This is the only criteria on the scripture, right? It doesn't say God works everything together for good for everyone. It says it's for those who love God. So if you love God, then he works all things together for your good. Now, how do you know if you love God? What's the criteria? Well, Jesus actually tells us in John 14, verse 23. He says, Jesus answered him and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In another translation, he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my commandments. So that's how you can tell if you love God. How do you you know someone loves God? Because they obey him. So obedience is the sign. So when you make a decision to love God and be obedient to him. Have any of you noticed that there are times you're doing things and you don't know why you're doing them? You're only doing them because the Lord is calling you to do it? I've had many times in my life where I've done some things and the only reason why I did it is because the Lord had called me to do it. And though I've had entire seasons of doing things that God had called me to do, wondering what it had to do with my future or my destiny. There's been plenty of times where I've gone through seasons thinking this is meaningless, this is a waste of my time, but I'm doing it because I felt God has called me to do it. Even those times and those seasons, God can work together for good and produce something good out of it, because God has a plan and purpose for your life. Number of years ago, uh, I joined a church, uh, started a Bible college, joined a church, uh, IC. It's now known as IC Church in Brisbane, and. And I was starting the Bible College, Planet Shakers College. And so I went down there and I'm going there to be a Bible College principal. And so what happened was that uh, the church had a number, I was working for the church as well. So the church had a number of different campuses. And one of the campuses was, you know, we call it bump in and bump out. So you set up at a rented facility each week. And so for, the, for all the sound equipment and everything for that campus, it was on a truck. Uh, And so this truck, uh, staff member would drive it to church like 6am in the morning and then they'd help set up and then afterwards they'd pack it back in the truck and then take it to another service. And so the staff would put on a truck roster. Uh, Now, the problem was that you needed a particular licence, a light rigid licence, to actually drive that truck. Fortunately for me, uh, I didn't have one. Uh, And so what that meant was only a few staff members... Now, I didn't go there to drive no truck... I went there to be a Bible college principal. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so they went and they started, uh, you know, there was a roster and some of the guys were on it all the time. And then, you know, they started complaining at staff meeting. Uh, and they were complaining to senior pastors, Pastor Paul and Joe, saying, Pastor Paul and Joe, it's not fair. How come we have to drive the truck all the time? You know, why doesn't Ben have to drive the truck? I'm sitting there looking at them and saying, just serve the Lord with gladness, why don't you? Uh, and, uh, you know, so... Um, And so anyway, after a while, after their badgering, uh, Pastor Paul said, you know what, that's right. Fair enough. Everyone needs to get their light rigid licence. And I thought, oh, great. And so how, I don't know how it happened, but someone registered me to do it. And then for whatever reason, I was driving the truck all the time. Uh, and so I was driving nearly every week. And I was living an hour away. And I'm just driving it and setting up and packing down. And it felt like I was doing it all the time. Uh, I remember I would be at staff meeting. And I noticed there was a couple of other guys that didn't have their license. And so I piped up at staff meeting. Hey, how come these guys don't have to get their license? And I've got to get my license. And so. It so frustrated me that in the end, uh, I got out of it uh, by resigning. Uh, and so I um, <laughs> and so I no longer had to drive that stupid truck. And I remember thinking, what a waste of my time. Time could have been used better. And then I went itinerant, which was wonderful. You only work two days a week. They treat you like a rock star. It was amazing. And so I went itinerant, just traveling around preaching, and it was lots of fun. And And then one day I noticed that, Friend of mine who he was working at a place which they delivered food to daycare centres, and he was advertising for some casual drivers for a week. And I was at home that week, and I didn't have much to do. And I thought, oh, I'll go do it. So I rang him up. I said, Ray, I'll, I'll drive for you. He said, really? I said, yeah, I'll I'll do it. And so I went, and and he goes, oh, could you meet me at the depot? Meet me at five a.m. in the morning. And the depot was literally about five minutes from where I lived. Drove over there. And he's talking to me, he goes, oh, I forgot to ask, do you have your light rigid license? I said, yeah, why is that? He goes, because you're driving that truck. It was the exact same truck that I had driven for the church. And the thing was this, we're going into daycare centres, you've got to know what you're doing. I'd had a lot of practice. I did that week for them and then in the end for the next three years whenever someone was sick or if I was around they needed someone to fill in, I would fill in for them and for the next three years all the money I got from that paid for all my international travel. <clears throat> even when seasons don't make sense, why am I even doing this? I know that... Uh, one of the things that's like that for me as well was when I was itinerant. A lot of my contemporaries were all pastoring churches and everyone's saying to me, Ben, why are you pastoring a church? And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm doing it because I've got to travel and I felt the Lord tell me that. They said, Ben, don't do it too long, you know, you're in the prime of your ministry life and that sort of thing. And I just felt I had to go and preach at places like Dilla Wheeler and preach at places like Cooktown and preach at places like Murrumbah and all around the place and out at Charleville where I met young Matthew before he got his big muscles and, and all those sorts of things. <laughs> and I was wondering what was going on and what used to frustrate me the most was I only ever preached in Queensland. For 50 weekends a year, I would be preaching somewhere in Australia. 40 of them were in Queensland. And probably three quarters of them were for ACC churches, which is the movement we're in. Little did I know that six years later, I'll be leading that movement in our state, having preached for over 100 ACC churches in Queensland, known all the big ones and all the little ones and known all the pastors in between. And I realised during that season that didn't make sense. God was using that to prepare me for the season I'm in right now. Amen. Those meaningless seasons that don't make sense. If you love God, sometime that's going to happen. John chapter 3 verse 8 says this, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. So it's not saying the Holy Spirit there is like the wind. It's saying those who were born of the Spirit are like the wind. So what that means is this. There are times we don't know where we're going and we don't know where we came from. But if you live in obedience to him, in the end, things start making sense. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. And I want to give you the Ben-Naitoko translation today. So basically in Gen- Jeremiah 13, the Lord comes to Jeremiah. says, Jeremiah, I want you to go to the shops. So he goes to the shops. The Lord says... Buy that pair of underwear. Buys the underwear. Put it on. Puts it on. Go walk to the Euphrates River. A couple of days journey. Take the undies off. Hide them behind a rock. Go home. A <laughs> few months later, he comes back to him. Go back to the Euphrates. Grab the undies from behind the rock. <laughs> and he lifts them up and they're tattered and torn. And the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to, a, came to Jeremiah. And it was a nation-shaking word. God gave him a nation-shaking word after a bunch of small, seemingly meaningless steps of obedience. Make no mistake, in those times when we don't really know why, but we know we're obeying him, even if you can't figure it out, and even if it doesn't make sense, the word of the Lord to you is this, all things work together for good, because you love God and are called according to his purpose. And the last thing is this, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. The last thing is this, everything. God works everything to good. God has a plan and purpose for your life. He's purposeful. He's intentional. One of the things I've learned now, I've just turned 50 years of age. And so one of the things I'm starting to see is how God has been knitting things together for decades in my life. And it's only now I'm starting to see, "Oh, oh, that's why. That's when I'm realizing there's been no wasted time. I realize that God has worked everything together for my good. Even in those seasons where it feels like what is going on, I don't know, He can work it all together. I can imagine the Apostle Paul when he's in prison and he's sitting there in prison with not much to do. So he decides he's just going to start writing some letters. I actually believe that the Lord actually wanted him in prison for that season to get him to stop preaching and to get him to start writing. And as he started writing, he was writing these letters. Little did he know that billions of people would have read those letters a couple of thousand years later. Because God used that season that at the time, why am I going through this? This isn't fair. I'm in prison. God used that to actually be an encouragement for many, many, many generations to come. Everything God can use for his purpose. A number of years ago when I was at, uh, in Melbourne in my home church growing up and, and I was at the altar call getting prayed for and, I just had this phrase come into my mind, and the phrase was Temple Gym, Temple Gym. At the time, I was training to be in the fitness industry, and so I just thought, uh, and I thought, oh, Temple Gym, I was supposed to start a gym called Temple Gym. I didn't think much of it after that, and then the Lord called me to go to Bible College in Sydney. Whilst I'm in Sydney, I remember I was praying one night. Uh, we had a uh, room at the, at the downstairs dormitory of our Bible College. Uh, and it was called the Sons of Thunder Room. And it wasn't the bathroom, it was a prayer room. But, uh, and so uh, and we would pray there every night. And uh, I remember one particular night I was praying and it was like a real spirit of intercession came upon me. I started praying for three hours and and then I had this, just had this open vision and I saw palm trees and saw the word Gold Coast. And I wrote down in my diary at that time, the Lord sending me to the Gold Coast. And that was in 1998. I know every pastor thinks that, but it actually ended up happening. So, uh, And so then a couple of years later, we moved to Mackay in North Queensland. And when we went there, uh, I saw palm trees. I thought maybe this is what God was talking about. I went to a great church there that had a Christian school. And I saw from the inside some of the complexities around that, some of the tensions that can arise, some of the difficulties that can happen and some of the benefits as well. And I got to see all that from the inside. And then a few years later, moved to Brisbane. And whilst we were at Brisbane, I uh, was staying at a state conference. I was at ACC State Conference, and I was in the hotel. And I woke up one morning, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, uh, he said you're going to pastor Kings. Remember, at the time, there was a church on the Sunshine Coast called Kings, uh, which Pastor Ross and Mary Lynn used to pastor before. And at the time, was a scary man pastoring it by the name of Steve Penny. And I thought, I'm going to tell Steve Penny. that. <laughs> so I just left it, didn't think anything of it. They changed its name and it became Calvary. Then a couple of years after that, a friend of mine, Robin Stevenson, she may have preached here before. I think Pastor Sanjay Stevenson has preached here before. Robin Stevenson, a friend of ours, she came to see me and Trish and she said, I've been having this dream all week that you're pastoring a church called King's. Heard of a church on the Gold Coast called Kings, and, but they'd had an older pastor, but then they had a new one, and I just didn't think anything of it. But fast forward to the start of 2018, we moved to the Gold Coast, pastoring a church called Kings, with the largest Christian school in Australia, and I can realize, see and realize what God has done over the course of the last couple of decades. I live in a suburb called Varsity Lakes, and I was driving around Varsity Lakes one day, and I noticed a sign, and the sign was for a gym. And the name of the gym was Temple Gym. (laughs) And I realised at the time, even way back then, back in 1995, all the way through 2018, in those seasons when I didn't know what God was doing, in seasons when I thought God wasn't hearing me, in seasons where I thought that, you know, I didn't know what was happening in my life, I could see that the whole time God was working everything together for my good. Because I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. And so one of the things I'm, amen, give the Lord a lot of hand of praise. And, uh, and so I've determined the rest of my life to live a life with the confidence that this scripture says. That regardless of what I see, regardless of any fake news, regardless of what's going out there, that I'm going to know regardless of what's happening, I'm going to know in spite of potentially being fearful, I'm going to know that I know that I know that all things work together for good. For those who love God who are according to his purpose. Amen. It's all good. It's all good. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Ben, I don't know. I'd like to know, but I've got so much anxiety, so much worry, I've got so much stress, I don't have that peace in my heart. If the people in Rome could receive that promise, then so can you. And we can pray for the peace of God to come, to fill you with that confidence, to fill you with that hope, to fill you with that calm, regardless of what's going on. Just like I said this morning, it kind of dovetails with it a little bit. The righteous are as bold as a lion. We don't run away from anything. We only run when we're chasing down our prey. The rest of the time, we live our life with a level of confidence. And one of the reasons is because we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are according to His purpose. Amen. And so i just like to invite the worship team up and... And maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben, uh, I don't know. I don't know. If that's you, I want to pray for you tonight. And I want to pray that God will fill you with confidence, will fill you with hope, will fill you with peace. And so, church, would you just stand to your feet right now? And If that's you, you're saying, that's how I'm feeling. Worried about the future. Not confident. God wants us to be confident. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in Him. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us. My kids are very cocky. And the reason is because they're confident. Confident because they know their dad's got their back. In the same way, in the natural, we should be confident. Because we know our Heavenly Father has our back. So, if that's you tonight and you're saying I'm struggling with that, slip up your hand right now and I want to pray for you. Pray this after me, those of you with your hands raised. Dear Lord, I thank you that you work all things together for my good. Because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Fill me with confidence. Fill me with hope, fill me with peace as I navigate through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. I just see the peace of God just coming into people's hearts things are just starting to settle. Just like the word that Pastor Ross said at the start about people are feeling anxious and that sort of thing. God's just dropping peace into your heart. So what I want to do is this. I want to open the altar. I want to open the altar for those people who put their hand up. But I also want to open the altar for people who are wanting a fresh and filling. You don't normally have a night service, so let's just make the most of it. And so if that's you, if you put your hand up, I'd like you to come to the front. But if you're just saying, I just love a fresh feeling, I'd love a fresh touch from God, might be feeling a bit dry, whatever it is, then we're going to pray for you as we continue to worship. The guys are going to sing a song that I requested, and the song is called The Goodness of God. Let this resonate in your heart, that wherever we go, that we know we've got the goodness of God. Amen. Let's worship Him. Thank you for joining us.